0: You have entered a place of forbidden magic, where arcane evils arise from the darkest pits of the unknown, where incantations stir unfathomable horrors to life, where one must only leave behind the safety and comfort of their known world to step onto the path of the unimaginable and stare into the void. Prepare yourself. This is Spooky House. (laughs)
2: Alright everybody, welcome to episode 149 of the Superhouse Podcast. This is Andrew, as always, and I'm once again joined by Stephanavius. Oh! And, as always, Matavius. Hello! And in this Spooky House episode, we will first go over, we will first bring back Spooky or Dookie, and then I have a quiz for these guys here. More on that later. And then after that, we're going to be doing a reaction to the Dark Phoenix trailer. And then after that, we will be doing our main segment, which is a review of Hold the Dark, which is a Netflix hidden gem of sorts. And then Maddie will also do a quick rundown on some werewolf movies uh, to round out the episode. So anyway, let's get first started off with bringing back a time-honored classic
0: Spooky or dookie? Take it away, Stefan. Okay, all right. Um, so we're just gonna go right into it, huh? So I gotta, you guys, I'm gonna tell you a story, and then you guys tell me whether or not it was spooky or if it was dookie. Um, I got <laughs> all these from uh, the Graveyard Shift, which is a site that's run by Ranker.com, nice. and they do really great lists of you know, all different types of true crime, weird history, macabre shit. So uh, I found, uh, I got this off a list called 19 uh, 19 scary stories, scarier than any movie or some shit like that. Um, I'll post the link. Uh, but the first story is called Bodies in the Road from user Aqua Buddha Loves You. <coughs> okay. So I was driving a shortcut from 29 Palms, California to Albuquerque, New Mexico. 29 Palms is located in the desolate high desert of east East of L.A. The shortcut was completely a a two-lane road through total nothingness, except for passing through Amboy, California. Amboy is a nearly abandoned town nearly as far below sea level as Death Valley, with a dormant volcano and lava field on one side and a salt flat on the other. It was also, at the time, a hot spot for satanic group activity. So I was driving by myself in the afternoon. I stopped in Amboy and snapped a picture of the city sign just to prove I was there to friends who dared me to take that route to I-40. I got back in my car and proceeded to drive up into the mountain range between Amboy and I-40. Once I reach the top, I am driving north through a canyon with high grass on both sides of the road. Up ahead, I see some stuff in the middle of the road. As I approach, I slow down to see a red Pontiac Fiero stopped sideways across both lanes. A suitcase open with clothes scattered everywhere and two bodies laying face down in the road, a man and a woman. I stop a 100 feet or so away and the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. Being a Marine, I reach under the seat and pull out a nine millimeter pistol and chamber around. Something seemed very wrong. It looked too perfect as if it were staged. An ambush? Was I being paranoid? Something was just wrong. Getting out of the car seemed unthinkable. It was the horror movie move as i scanned the road i saw a line i could drive past the guy in the road on his left swerve to the right side of the woman behind the fiero and i'd be on the other side i dropped it into first gear punched it and drove the line i planned i passed the back of the fiero without hitting it or either of the bodies in the road i continued forward a couple hundred feet and slowed down so i could breathe and let my heart slow down as i looked up into the rearview mirror i saw that the two bodies had gotten up to their knees and 20 or so people emerged from the tall grass on either side of the road by the car and the bodies. At that moment, my right foot smashed the gas pedal to the floor and did not let up until I had to slow down for the I-40 East on-ramp. I will never know what have happened to me had I gotten out of the car to check the bodies or stopped my car closer to them. Somehow, I do not think it would have been good. Sometimes, life can be scarier than a movie. What do we Maddie, you want to take that first?
1: Yeah, I can take it. Um, uh, I think it had some potential, but there was just too much explanation. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't God. care. I've never been to where he is. I've heard of it.
0: But uh-huh. that's
1: all I need to know. You don't got to be Tolkien about this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> just get to, that, get to that spooky. But it's not spooky. It's Dookie. Okay. Oh, man. We got one Duke. How about you... <laughs>
2: you know what I also gotta give this here story a dookie
0: Oh, bummer <laughs> um, I give it a spooky it, sure it's a little long winded there but uh, a spooky like, so that like... would mean <laughs> <laughs> sorry I like the okay. idea of that many people waiting to ambush somebody and this guy the like the marine aspect of it kind of drops out of nowhere or whatever but yeah. i think it's an interesting setup it's got a lot of good details in it um and him looking back uh, after he's driven away a little bit to see them all moving like get the fuck out of there anyway i give it a spook <clears throat> all like right. I, said,
1: I think it had potential i just think there was too much like and being a marine it's like i don't care you can just have a gun in your car dude it's
0: unimportant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 cool. yeah. I yeah. agree. All right, no prob. Next story. <laughs> <clears throat> the next story is called "Creepy Man in the Gift Shop," from user the real Abe Froman. <clears throat> I was in a gift shop when I was around thirteen, and my family had gone to the bathroom. All of a sudden, I heard this noise behind me. It was this old guy who I swear looked exactly like Charles Manson. Swastika forehead tattoo, crazy eyes, long scraggly hair and beard, etc. He was looking right at me, playing with his noisemaker thing for playing with this noisemaker thing for sale. He walked over to me and said, "Would you like anything? I'll buy you anything you like. Just come with me." I smiled nervously and walked away, but he followed me and told me he'd like to take me home. I walked away. The guy was about to follow me, but then he saw my mom come out of the bathroom and he bolted. To this day I've never told my parents. Maybe he was just a nice old man, but after pondering for a while, I came to the conclusion that nice old men do not try to bribe young girls into coming home with them. What do we think?
1: That's like real world spooky. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is, uh,
1: in my case, it's a spooky fucking story. Yeah. Creepy little Mm. man in a gift shop. Ooh. (laughs) 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 I love it.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Uh,
2: I gotta give it... I'll give it a spooky as well.
0: (laughs) 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 How about you, Maddie? He just gave it a spooky, didn't he? Hell yeah! I too give it a spook. Just creepy old man. The only part that gets me is he looked exactly like Charles Manson. Swastika forehead tattoo and everything. Like that part, I'm like, I think it makes it a little weak. Because if it was just like this little... Pale, gray haired little creepy weirdo, then yeah, then it works just as good. (laughs) Our next story is titled, They Both Dreamed About Adam, from an anonymous Redditor. About a year ago, I was lying in bed, drifting off to sleep with my wife, asleep, cuddled up to me on my left side like she always does. I reached that point where I could feel my conscious mind begin to fade. All at once, I feel a slight chill on my right side and I hear some sort of weird slow whispering that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. It sounded like someone whispering something backwards slowly. I was immediately awake and my eyes darted around the very poorly lit room, but I saw and felt nothing. I shrugged it off and went back to sleep. The next morning I'm getting my coffee and my wife mentions a very strange dream that she had last night right after she fell asleep. I asked what she dreamt and she told me, I dreamed I was lying in a bed next to you, in our apartment just like normal except I was awake. I felt a strange presence so I looked up and standing at the foot of the bed was my friend Adam, not his real name. He looked at both of us then crawled up onto the bed and started whispering into your right ear. I thought it was a really weird dream. Oh yeah, her friend Adam killed himself about six months prior to this. I'm going to have to give this
2: one a good old... (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're I don't like
2: it too bland, too plain too really? not not creative enough
0: alright but
2: what if it really happened, bro? yeah, but as a story uh... <laughs> alright, fair enough what do you think, <laughs> Uh
1: I think I I mean, I enjoyed it I think the setup to the re- the reveal wasn't as good but the setup for it Just because I've watched, like, I've had sleep paralysis, and then watching the documentary, the nightmare, that stuff, Mm -hmm. just like someone having the same dream or in out of that like conscious sleep state, is just weird, and a lot of weird shit can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I'm just gonna give it a spooky because I enjoy those kind of stories about people sharing (laughs) dreams or occurrences together. I did not think the reveal was that great because it being the dead friend or whatever but that's fine
0: he was probably like i always liked you better than her (laughs) um yeah i mean i picked it so i obviously give it a spook uh but yeah i hear your i hear your complaints i hear your grievances and i (laughs) i don't disagree um and i think that's fair enough uh (laughs) so yeah We have one more story in this. Oh, shit. Sorted uh, back alley oratory. Mm. Anyway, um, our next story is entitled It Was Ted. From user. (laughs) (laughs) From user Legend Tripper. Okay, my turn. This is the weirdest thing that has happened to me. During my junior year of high school, a student in my grade hung himself. He hung himself on a private residence road alongside a lake. I knew him and had talked to him on several occasions. I'll call him Ted. Ted was the class weirdo. That was his thing. Everyone called him Ted the alien. So Ted would walk around class and say, meep. Cut to three months after he hung himself, my girlfriend and I are sitting on a dock by the lake a few streets down from the tree Ted used to hang himself. It's about 8 p.m. and the sun is going down and I notice that someone has sat down on the dock next to us about 30 feet away and is staring out across the lake. I think nothing of it and continue talking with my girlfriend about random stuff. Then I hear it. It's real low, like a whisper. Mm. I glance over and look at the figure, and they are standing, staring over the lake. I brush it off and keep talking. Then I hear it again. This time I know it came from the figure. It was too loud and and obviously from their direction. I turn to say something, and the figure is floating towards us across the water. Then it vanishes. My girlfriend didn't see it or believe me, but I know it was Ted. And I should have been scared, but I wasn't. It was just Ted being Ted. Duke first, Maddie.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I'm just going to give that a big old dookie. Oh, he floated across the water.
0: <laughs> you guys are lame.
1: Lame. I just have high standards for yeah. this.
0: All right. We'll do Reddit next time.
2: He's a horror connoisseur. I'm gonna have to also give it a.
0: <laughs> oh well. I yeah. tried. <laughs> tried pearls before swine I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it hey man, a spoof I think
1: I did two out of I think I got I enjoyed two of them out of
0: four, four. Yeah. he right, was more so. gracious than me yeah fair enough
1: and I don't the think only... it's like I get why you like them I just it takes a little more for me
0: yeah and the only thing Andrew is scared of is missing lunchtime. That's true.
1: <laughs> I mean, Ooh, I am too. do not I mean, want to see
0: the monster important. he turns into when it's half past noon. If I'm, I'm
2: scared of not getting my coffee before <laughs> nine a.m. That's me.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, that was spooky or dookie for this edition. Uh, I'll try harder next time. Fuck
2: yeah, man! That was still awesome though, dude. Fucking
0: Woo! yeah,
2: spooky or dookie's back. <laughs> Originally right. brought to you by Johnson, but now we're taking the reins from them uh, alright so we're going to move straight on into the next thing which other than one Count Chocula question there's not much to do with, uh, <laughs> with Halloween. Halloween but Johnson kind of inspired me I really love the Captain Crunch questions on the last one so I made a cereal <laughs> quiz um it still has to do with pop culture and stuff cool so uh i thought it'd be kind of fun so uh to to explain it to everybody uh make it real simple once again i'm asking the questions maddie and Stefan will be answering and they'll do it one at a time and uh if you get a question right then you'll answer the question uh last giving the person another the uh, the person that didn't get it right the uh the first try on the next one just Mm -hmm. to try to keep everything kind of you know uh, fair, easy, keep the game going. You know what I'm saying? Hell so, yeah. everybody ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Alright, question number one. Which was not an original flavor in the first boxes of Trick cereal? Was it orange, grape, lemon, or cherry? I think I know this one. Uh, go ahead, Matty. Uh, grape. That is...
1: Correct! Yes! Woo! <laughs> dang. <laughs> All right. Because I formatted. remember, a little sorry here... I remember I got Trix one time and the grape was not that good and I took a bite and I was like, "What the fuck did Trix just do?" <laughs> That's <laughs> well, awesome, I consulted dude. Little Maddie about adding a motherfucking grape into this series. <laughs> yeah, and I was really upset.
2: Yeah, I wasn't a huge Trix fan actually. I I, I could eat it, but I was It wasn't my go-to Get for my sure.
1: I love Trix. Oh Trix man, is amazing. Kind of want some right now, but I am very stoned. Mm.
2: A little bit of added info. They don't all have added info, but this one uh, Uh does. And it's uh, Trix was invented in 1954 by General Mills. And the cereal contains 46.6% sugar. (laughs) And the cereal's mascot is the Trix rabbit who debuted uh, five years later in 1959. All right. Second question.
0: Love the factoids.
2: Yeah. Um, Which of these Kellogg's cereals took 14 years to developed and was the company's first post-world war ii cereal was it apple jacks corn pops frosted flakes or raisin bran crunch go ahead stefan
0: i'm gonna go ahead and say corn pops
2: Damn, you guys want to fucking roll, man! (laughs) Ha ha, baby. Corn pops was introduced
1: in 1950, and it's (laughs) one of the top 15
2: best-selling ready-to-eat cereals sold globally.
1: That was my pick as well.
2: Was it? All right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because at at Cracker Barrels, they'll have like old like ads up and shit on the wall, and I just remember seeing corn pops. I'm like, wow, I didn't really as just as many times as I go in there. I'm like, man, I did not realize corn pops was that old. But Dude, they're
2: all pretty fucking old and the mascots are not much younger. Yeah. You know? It's hmm. it's pretty interesting. Cereal. I could watch a documentary on this we're shit.
1: We're just this is a serial podcast now, so. Yeah. We're, <laughs> yes. we're talking serial. Awesome.
2: I figured it was kind of on brand though cuz we talk a lot about cartoons and shit, so fucking. Fuck yeah. yeah. And those cartoon characters, it's all related. That's all a right. Big
0: part so, of what makes us super here at Superhouse? True.
2: Alright, number question number three. <laughs> According to the book Serializing America, which of these cereals has the highest amount of sugar per serving? Was it Honey Smacks? Alphabets, Tricks, or Honey Nut Cheerios? And so Stefan got it first last time, so take it away, Maddie. I'm
1: gonna go honey smacks.
2: You guys are fucking killing it this time around, man. Cereal
1: experts. Can you believe that?
2: Uh, So Honey Smacks contains 53% sugar, dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why I never, like, I only had, like, a few. I remember enjoying it, but my parents wouldn't buy it for me a lot. Honey Smacks was a frog, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That was an interesting cereal It was like the candy corner cereals to
1: me. Dude, who knew we know this much about cereal? This should have been the podcast from the beginning. <laughs> from the get
0: go, yeah. I fucking love uh, Joey
2: should be here cuz he's he's still eats cereal like every fucking morning, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: Go ahead, Seven. I eat like granola and shit like that now, more like I mean, it's still like sugary, but it's like Pseudo healthier, slightly
1: slightly better, yeah, or like
0: puffins, peanut butter, or panda puffs, or whatever. I had
2: puffins this morning, actually. Thanks, Trader Joe's. I
0: love cereal, man. Yes, yeah, I do too. (laughs)
2: I'm glad this is fucking working out. (laughs) All right, which marshmallow shape was added to Lucky Charms in 1975? So a little bit down the road, was it the horseshoe, the rainbow, the diamond, or the heart? And does Maddie go first this time? I, go first. I
1: went first last time.
2: Oh, so Stefan, go first.
0: I'm going to say the rainbow.
1: Oh. Wrong.
0: All right, Maddie. 70s and Diamond. All. Oh. That is correct. Oh, <laughs> the fucking man.
2: diamond, man. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, Besides the blue diamonds edition, purple horseshoes were added in 1984, rainbows in 1992. The pink hearts have been... Yeah, the question was specific about 1975, I guess. The pink hearts have been an original shape from the beginning and the only shaped and colored marshmallow to survive all the changes.
1: Dang. (laughs) You'd have like a fucking hour-long episode on the changes of fucking Lucky Charms.
2: Dude, the history runs deep, man. I got this. I mean,
1: I'm not... I want to do it.
0: We're doing a deep dive into cereals next. Ready? Ready? I got this. Hearts, stars, and horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons, pots of gold and rainbows, and their red balloons. That's newer, but yeah. Did you look that up, or did you, you memorize I that? I remembered it. Damn, that's pretty good, man. You know what you get for that?
1: <laughs>
0: that's my new character, by the way. I'm stealing it from Tom Hiddleston. Um, you sound like fucking ooh, Daffy I'm Duck or whatever guy. the fuck. Hoo 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 got you. Ooh, ooh. Like that. <laughs> what the fuck has happened to you, man? You Tom are Hiddleston sugar t- side 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 tangent. Tom Hiddleston did this really kind of terrible skit with MTV at one point where he was doing this villain who was just get you on really minor inconveniences like hand you a cup of coffee and be like it's decaf. Hoo 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 I'm the bad guy and then would run off. Um, so I'm gonna make it my own and make it better, but he's great. Nice. <laughs> That's where I got that character from. And see. Oh. <laughs> Was that a real one this time? Ooh. No.
2: <laughs> okay. Here we go. Question number five. Which cereal had the slogan, Kid Tested, Mother Approved? Was it Kicks, Honey Nut Cheerios, Cheerios, or Cocoa Puffs? And Maddie first this time? Sorry, yep. I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Kicks. Correct. Yeah. Oh. I love kicks, dude.
1: I fucking loved kicks. That
2: was going to be my next question, yeah. which is not part of the, the quiz here, but I I don't know. I, they weren't like my favorite. I could eat them, but
0: I wasn't into them. Stefan, did you like them? I always liked kicks with lead. Lead? It was a, it was a, it was a flavor they had for just a, a year. And they're testing it out kicked paint with chips kicks, kicks with, with ar- paint ar- chips ar- arsenic <laughs> just kidding i like kicks it was all right it was my mom would buy it because it's like it was just slightly sweet enough to like yeah. all right it's kind of fun to eat but it's really basically just like rice krispies puffs you know like puffy corn pieces um but way like, easier to eat because sometimes rice
1: krispies get like just my so mom. tiny dude they make yeah. a cool fucking sound but they're just so tiny my mom would hear the
0: <laughs> slogan of that commercial and be like, yeah, that's right. You know, like she, she loved it. She kid tested, that's right. mother approved. That's By correct. the way,
2: Stefan, your mom recently posted on when I posted that Mira uh, Barbie doll.
0: Yeah. Oh, your yeah. Your am
2: straight up said I want to
0: be her on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom loves like a majestic like warrior princess type. So Wonder yeah. Woman's straight up her alley. She loves Wonder Woman, Xena You know she's always liked the kick-ass chick that shows up in a movie or something. Why the fuck wouldn't you? It's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. into that. So she's she's digging on Mira. She also loves uh, Jason Momoa quite a bit. So
2: you know what I say to you, Sandra? <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, hey, you better not do fart noise, Sandra, come after
0: us. No, no, no.
2: Please <laughs> shout love out to Sandra. moms What? What? All right. Um, Question number six. Which was the original monster cereal produced by General Mills in in the 1970s? Was it Frankenberry, Count Count Chocula, Booberry, or Fruit Brute? (laughs) Um, Stefan? Yes. Yes. Um,
0: I'm going to go ahead and say Booberry. Booberry.
1: <laughs> Aww, Maddie, Ugh, it's between two. Yeah, mm, I just don't know what would have been more popular at the time. But I do love me a vampire. so count Jocula. <laughs> 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 yep, son of a
2: bitch! God damn it, motherfucker! <laughs> God, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> Count Chocula and Frankenberry (laughs) were both introduced in 1971, but Count Chocula was the first. Boo Berry was introduced in 73, and Fruit Brute, which I thought was fake, is in 1975. Fruit Brute was discontinued in 82. Okay, that makes sense. But the other three cereals are still being made today. Count Chocula chocolate frosted cereal with chocolate marshmallows, easiest to find and most popular among consumers. Uh, the same three cereals had a facelift in nineteen ninety-five to make their scary mascots look more kid friendly. Lame. <laughs> like eat me. I'm good. I gotta say, man, I was I love cereal, but right. I wasn't a fan of the chocolate cereals. Yeah, me either. Yeah, no. too
0: much. It always felt dangerous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My mom's like too much.
0: buying you chocolate. <laughs> I'm not buying you chocolate or cookies for breakfast. But it says it's okay on the box <laughs> Cookies for breakfast oh, That one man. was a long time coming and Then I finally had it and I was like That's what everybody's been talking about
1: <laughs> It's true, it's, it was not that good I'd much rather just have a cookie and just, some milk <laughs>
0: Yeah, can I just have a fucking regular cookie? <laughs> Should have listened like, to my mom Yeah, like
2: co- like Cocoa Puffs and all that I just, I just wasn't for me Yeah, I loved
0: Fruity Pebbles
2: Yes, Fruity <laughs> Pebbles <laughs> Corn Pops Applejacks, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, those are my jams. Noise. Nice. <laughs> noise noise noise. No, no. Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> <clears throat> Moving on. Number seven. Sugar Smack's original mascot was who? Was it Smaxy the Seal? Sonny the cuckoo bird? Chip the wolf? Or him the Frog? Uh Maddie. I'm just gonna go with him the Frog just
1: because it was a f- it was a frog later on, so Stefan? I
0: I think you're looking for Sonny the Cuckoo Bird. Wrong! Fuck! (laughs) This is pretty much a
2: trick question, man. Uh, The correct answer is Smaxy the Seal. Really? Uh, (laughs) That's the one that I thought you made up. No, because (laughs) the question was sugar smacks, not honey smacks. Oh, (laughs) you fucking trickster! I believe some, somehow Sugar Smacks became Honey Smacks gotcha. down the line and changed uh, and changed mascots as well. I believe that's how it works. So, yeah, nice. that was this is probably the most difficult question in the whole fucking list. Um, right. We're already more than halfway through, but let's keep on going. So, question number eight: Chip the Wolf is the mascot of Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, Cookie Crisp, or Apple Jacks? Uh,
0: Stefan. Uh, Cookie Crisp. That is correct! My main clue was that his name was Chip, as in Chocolate Chip, as in Chocolate Chip Cookie, as in Cookie Crisp, as in Cookies for Breakfast, as in- Cookie Crisp. (laughs) Mom, I need some Cookie (laughs) Crisp!
2: I also couldn't eat this one that much. I don't know what it was. Although I probably liked it more than Cocoa Puffs.
0: Cookie Crisp. I did like that, though. That wolf could sing.
2: Yeah, man. He had them pipes. Cookie <laughs> 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 crisp. Baby. Right. <laughs> Crazy Craving is the mascot of who was it, or of which cereal? Honeycomb, Frosted Flakes, Captain Crunch, or Cocoa Pebbles, Maddie?
1: It was, what was the name of it? Crazy Craving?
0: Crazy Craving. Honeycomb.
1: Yep. Amazing.
0: Yeah, I remember those commercials Amazing. were great, too. He was all, <laughs> <he'd> like, <laughs> zip around. He's like, ah, give me some. Uh. This is not like a, an actual impersonation of this character. this just what I remember, right? Dude. He would, like, run through. He sound like, more like fucking Tasmanian devil, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. But, yeah, I remember this guy. And they had some cool 3D animation with these where he'd, like, tear around like in a tornado. I, I didn't ever know his name. I think. Yeah, me either.
2: I, I, I loved Honeycomb was also one of my go tos, and I mm, don't think yeah. I knew that. So good. Yeah, I didn't know he had a name either. He was just a. He was just the force so of nature right now. I want all yeah. the cereals.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so final question, question Ooh. number ten: What is the chef's name that makes cinnamon toast crunch? Was it Wayne, Winston, <laughs> Wendell?
0: Or Wyatt. Uh, Stefan? Stefan's turn? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Wendell. Yep. Nice. Yeah.
2: Boy, really good. Boy. And I hope you've been following at home because I haven't. <laughs> who who, who <laughs> won this shit? <laughs> oh, I, I the did. Shit.
0: Yeah, I think Maddie. Maybe Maddie, yeah. By, I only got one marching. wrong. Nine questions, I got three wrong. Okay, so that'll be Matty, yeah. yeah. And you Sorry. should keep a tally, you son of a bitch.
2: Dude, it is hard when I'm doing all the sounds and the sights I'll keep and sounds tally. and all the fucking do 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 and all this. I'll
0: remember to keep the tally next What year. do I I'm get? <laughs> yeah, when is, what is yeah, what is it? And then tell him what he wins. You win the 10 Oonga Boonga points. Oh, that's Wait, right. Where is that
1: track? What does that translate to?
2: Unga boonga points translates into superhouse coin, which then translates into ripple coin. And by the (laughs) time you get to actual dollars, it's about 0.000089% of a cent. (laughs) I'll take it.
0: Unga boonga. Unga boonga.
2: It was funny in the last episode, Stefan, because you said (laughs) Boonga Boonga. It's like can I get some boonga boonga (laughs) points? Yeah. Oh man, we have a good time here
0: at Super House. That shit was so good. You might even call it Super Funny House.
2: Yes. All right, so this concludes the serial quiz for this episode. I'm glad everybody liked it. I'm gonna give everybody another
1: Woo! Hey. All right! Hey. Woo-hoo. I won! I lost! Woo-hoo-hoo. I lost a
2: lot! So going into the next thing, uh, we're going to be reviewing that there Dark Phoenix trailer. Let's dookie. get that fucking...
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is spooky and dookie. I'm scared for the a whole bunch of dookie is all I know.
2: Okay, so now we're going to review and probably take a big old doogie on that dark phoenix trailer the mansion you think you can fix me you are not professor x it's that young one
0: so far n-
2: just normal shit you'd
0: expect to happen yeah. i at this point i was really interested at you know the beginning of jean and charles charles's relationship
1: what did you do
0: I had to keep it stable. This pretty much cool. hasn't tra- this The ex uh, Cerebro, that look hasn't changed since yeah. the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's the binding element. Cool car crash. I'll give him that. Yeah. Didn't, didn't see that. Terrible
2: ass costumes. Yeah, he so. looks
0: great. I'll say that. I do like the James McAvoy as He's buffets. a great
2: ex. Yeah. You know, he also offered to play young Picard on the, next, on the Picard <laughs> thing that they're really making? Cool. Yeah.
0: He doesn't look so bad, I guess. I mean, they all look okay. Still
2: understand why Beast is just not Beast all the time. Yeah. Maybe because,
0: uh. Gene. Makeup hand.
2: I, this is bad, but I feel like that Cyclops just isn't tall enough.
0: <laughs> is yeah, he's a little short looking.
2: It just throws I'm, me off. Pain.
0: And I like her as Jean. That's all coming after us. Jean lost Costumes
2: could be outside. a lot better. Sure, Paul,
0: trust
2: costumes are the weakest part of this trailer
0: I'm sorry. I didn't stop that line is terrible that just means we didn't know what to write in our script and so this yeah. is what we have Michael Fassbender saying do Disney all, I was, was in great. the
2: middle of going up our ass in the middle of this production <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah this one's probably just gonna be a here's another fucking X-Men movie get him next time Kevin Feige God, she's sexy. I like that yeah. font and the X and all that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that it's not directly like X-Men Dark Phoenix or whatever. Like, it's its own thing, more or less. But seems like that, right? It looks... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, Stefan,
2: you already started, so uh, what do you think of this trailer in general?
0: Um, I think it looks... so far, it just looks kind of boring. The dialogue bits seem like really forced... And But everybody looks good, and I'm always down to watch an X-Men movie. Hopefully it's better than this trailer leads on. Um, the costumes, yeah, could be a little better. And maybe on trailer two we'll get a little bit more action, maybe like in some X-Men powers, because this one was really just kind of like uh, setting up what felt like a really long-winded thriller or something.
1: All right, Maddie, I just think it looks so lame and boring (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like I just don't think the Dark Phoenix thing should be done again it just never seems to work out when they film it I just don't know why they decided to do this now (laughs) Um, like I want X-Men movies I'm not saying I don't I'm just ready for Marvel to get X-Men back so they can make legit X-Men movies Mm -hmm. because it's a bunch of people just thinking they can make some deep ass X-Men movies when that's fine you can put some of those messages into X-Men it's just like man but they just hark on that shit so hard in these movies Mm -hmm. like they forget what makes X-Men fun like this movie doesn't look like I mean I know it's a first trailer but there's like no mutant powers really except for Phoenix it's just like (sighs) one
2: nightcrawler uh, teleport yeah
1: I mean, but... ah, Dude, I just... I don't know. I'm just ready for... I don't know who's directing this. That's how little I care.
0: I was, uh... And, you
1: know, I do... I wish they would just call it X-Men Dark Phoenix. People might not know
2: what the fuck it is. Seems like they're trying to... Like the casual viewer.
1: At this point, all of them have had X-Men in it. It just... Yeah, I just kind of want it at this point.
0: It is officially titled X-Men Dark Phoenix on IMDb. Um... And it is directed by Simon Kinberg. Oh yeah, did. Kinberg. Yeah. So didn't Simon he
2: do the first Daredevil or some <clears> shit? <throat>
0: he wrote. I mean, uh, the Daredevil on Netflix or no? He wrote Logan, The Martian. That's Drew Goddard. Um, oh he yeah. Would pr- or no, he produced Logan. He produced The Martian. Produced the Fantastic Four. That was shitty. He produced Days of Future Past. Uh, he was a writer on Star Wars Rebels a little bit. He wrote X Men Apocalypse he wrote the fantastic four that was not that good yeah he actually wrote days of future past um this means war with some fucking people he wrote he wrote the sherlock holmes with uh, robert downey jr and jude law he wrote uh jumper <laughs> wow oh this and is he, not looking and he good, also people. wrote x-men the last stand so what really yeah. He wrote But that was Ratner directing though, so XXX, that's, State that, of the that Union. got
2: fucked up. That's true.
0: He's re- he's produced on Legion, he helped produce Deadpool Two. And you know, he's he's involved. He's, he's in produced, the mix. He's a producer on Gifted. Deeply um, in the mix. Logan, Murder of the Orient Express, Deadpool. Chappie. He's you know, he knows what's going on. He just doesn't know how to write. Potentially. He produced he was a producer on Elysium. <laughs>
2: I thought this trailer was, like... I kind of agree with you guys. Spot. It's it's pretty much underwhelming. Yeah. Um, I think that's because it's a few things. Like, yeah, you don't see many powers. It, nobody's having fun in it. And I know that Dark Phoenix is kind of a darker story. And you have to kind of be acquainted with X-Men by the time you got there. But they have had, like, fucking 12 movies at this point. So I guess it's fine. Yeah. But, um... I don't know. Like like you guys know we, we've all we all have a history with this storyline cause I'm Stefan it seems like you've read the actual story yeah. I actually haven't I started today on comiXology That's um so but like when I watched this when I was a kid I wanna I actually wanted I wanted to say this on the podcast um it was the first time I had seen a character go through extreme emotion
0: oh, cool. on
2: screen and that sort of deeply affected me as a huh. kid, and of course I've seen it since then. But I th- like seeing Jean Grey go absolutely nuts and hysterical. Yeah, like I was just so invested in these characters by that point. And then when we got to dark to the Dark Phoenix saga. Mm-hmm.
0: It just like blew
2: my it blew my mind. I was I was so in love with that storyline, and I love the fact that she's like the strongest character in the whole Marvel universe. She did some research this past week, and seems like the way they write them and the way they balance out these characters is that she can beat Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet if they were to go toe to toe. Um, Because the the Phoenix Force itself is like it's up there with the Celestials, and it gets into that crazy era, era of the cosmic Marvel universe. Um, it comes from like a fucking gym or something uh the phoenix there 's a whole other like there 's a whole like side mythology with the with the phoenix force that they 've they 've written which is really fun and cool um that 's sort of a tangent but costumes they 're not looking that great and then I sort of played devil 's advocate with myself after I made that post I was like well maybe they 're just kind of like they're uh their school uniforms you know and school uniforms Mm -hmm. often aren't that great but at the same time it's like this is a movie and we've seen deadpool 2 do it so much better in my opinion yeah and that's deadpool i mean you don't have to explain all this stuff they just like do they just not have that much of a budget like why why are these costumes just not great and and also we see as far as what i remember because i haven't seen it in years but her turning into the phoenix is more or less the beginning of this storyline, correct? Yeah, I think so. So, well, yeah. it shouldn't be that much of a fucking giveaway that you just show Jean Grey turn right the fuck into yeah. Phoenix into, yeah. in this fucking storyline. That's what we want to see. Just give it away because if there's a whole lot of other story, that part doesn't matter that much. Give us some spectacle right in the trailer, which they do not do. And I think that that's a mistake. And I know that probably my other theory is that they might be wary of showing a girl go Super Saiyan in a trailer that's a Marvel movie, superhero, cause Captain Marvel just was released. Mm. But still though, you know, that's kinda yeah. what we want. So Even, uh, yeah, do the
0: other mutants, yeah. you know, do some beasts flying around and Cyclops optic blast and you know, Magneto throwing cars and shit.
1: Isn't at the end of apocalypse? Aren't they all like in like some classic like looking outfits like when they're in the danger yeah. room or whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. fucking use that, dude. Like, if there's anything that's proven time and time again, we want to see them in their fucking outfits. Hell yeah, we do. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, ta- I mean, take them from any like you could do the '90s cartoon yeah. or any iteration. It's just like I don't think the whole team wearing the same suit dynamic really works. Yeah. This and is it's where, been tested. Yeah and every time this fucking the new x-men movie comes out and they got their costumes on we're all like god damn it! those costumes look like shit yep
2: yeah. yep yep. Yeah. except for deadpool i mean even colossus well i
1: mean like those i mean all of them. that's not like a team thing
2: i yeah. i know but it just they like they understand what we want the most yeah. i feel like
1: yeah you and know i was really hoping that like at the end of apocalypse this would be the continuation so we would see Jean in a costume that resembled hers because like cyclops has like the belt fucking mm-hmm. thing with the x i don't know how to explain what the fuck he wears and then Nightcrawler is wearing more of like a Nightcrawler outfit and it's like sick finally and then this is like no yeah. probably not it's like god damn it it's like i get like enhancing certain stuff i want to say this real quick so something else dropped today that was not a trailer it was just a poster and I got more excited about a fucking poster than I did a fucking trailer showing me things, telling me what to expect. Right. I saw that new Hellboy poster. I was like, holy fuck. Take my money now. Yeah. I don't even want a trailer. I'm seeing this. And I'll pay $40 to see it right now. I got to say, the with Hellfire
2: poster. sword or whatever the fuck that is, I it's love that sword Excalibur. and that it's poster. It's Excalibur. Horns. Excalibur. Okay. It's that's Excalibur. Fucking love that. And I love the look of that. I love, I love how red it I is. Love, yeah.
0: <laughs> I love the slogan, legendary AF. That's so good. That shit is <laughs> sick, dude. I cannot wait to see the this new take of Hellboy. Mike is more involved. What's the director's name? I already forgot. Um, uh, Neil I don't Marshall. know. Neil Marshall and fucking David Harbour as... Fucking HB baby, it's gonna be so good, and he's already HB. got he's already got Excalibur like in the in the frame. Like I feel like they're gonna try and somehow encapsulate the most biggest important parts. Because really, if you break it down, you could cut out all the side stories and mash together a pretty epic fucking Hellboy movie. Maybe a trilogy, who knows? Hopefully, That's be tight. What I hope it's great. It looks that. just the poster alone. You're right, Maddie. It looks fucking fantastic by comparison. Blown blown out of the water.
2: Dark all right, we'll target. That's that, that. That does look great. But let's go back to Dark Phoenix. Any? All right, so we all taking a pretty well, much a shit on. Let's talk more about it.
1: this Hellboy poster, people. No. <laughs> That's better.
0: No, uh, anyway, we we shoehorned it in there. I'm happy. Yeah. All right, so
2: we're we're, we're giving it a big old fucking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that wasn't even that big, man. I'd okay, bigger big, than maybe that. Some, maybe a fart into some diarrhea would be more. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any what diarrhea? Want to hear diarrhea? There you go.
2: One of these, you know, yeah. So this trailer, we all—it's <laughs> a big, it's a big dookie. This fucking <laughs> give me the loon. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. <laughs> the soundboard's so fucking fun, man. Difficulties. Uh, we lost Andrew. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> got a
1: case of the giggles.
2: <laughs> so good. Okay. Uh Is that pretty much it? Any final thoughts on the Dark Phoenix trailer?
0: No, nah. it sucks, yeah, all right seems like they're kind of just like sending it out like call dark Phoenix fucking get it out there, and then let Disney fucking make all that money now, I guess guys some guy Fox <laughs> right now is just jumping out of a window. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's some rumor that they're gonna try to fucking get that Gambit movie before, yeah. still like they're they still trying to get that done before Disney really takes the reins. But who yeah. knows? Who knows? It's already done. I could, a done deal, I could I think. live
0: my entire life without seeing Channing Tatum as Gambit. <laughs> I could yeah, happily. Too. But my I really Jeff. want a
1: Gambit movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what's always been missing. Especially you know we grew up with that cartoon and Gambit was always there. Dude,
1: that's what the, that's what that's what they need to do when marvel finally takes the reins be like you remember all those other x-men movies just open it like the trailer just has to be the opening scene with them running Mm of the 90s cartoon and i'll be like sick this could be
2: awesome that would be amazing okay
1: so now we're gonna
2: head into the second to last uh segment of this here episode and that is to talk about
0: netflix original film hold the dark
1: yeah (laughs) great cast so, Matt, do you have,
0: like,
2: a normal format here?
1: Or? Yeah, sort of. I feel like this movie kind of lends itself to, for us, just a kind of freeform talk, just because, I mean, cool. the only other thing I can think is to break it down by big, huge plot things that happen, but I feel like Andrew probably has some questions. Stefan might have some. And I'm kind of – I've read the book, and I've seen the movie. I watched it oh, twice, oh, actually. Oh, it's a book. Okay, so, cool. Nice. Yeah, I just uh, want to
0: say that I, from a lot of people I talk to about the podcast, they're always suggesting that we review – More Netflix originals. Um, I know I've been kind of apprehensive to it in the past, but I'm really glad we did this one, and I'm super stoked on doing more Netflix original movies because it doesn't seem like a lot of podcasts and other things are uh, definitely got to be uh, horror too this month for sure. For sure.
1: Well, the we have the so just the things to look forward to for listeners is the haunting of Hill house, which is a limited series, which I think we should do yeah. maybe at the end of the month. That way everyone gets a chance to watch it. Maybe do it at, like the send off for the month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apostle, um, which is by the director of the raid movies, but it's his like cult, uh, nice. yeah. horror oh, so will definitely great. be doing that for sure. Evans, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. it. But, uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to do Hold the Dark. The novel was written by William Garaldi. Um, the movie is uh, directed by Jeremy Solner, written by Macon Blair, which he actually, he's in all the dude's movies. And nice. And he wrote Love that, that movie with Elijah Wood. No, uh, I forget what it's called. It's another Netflix original, but it's got Elijah Wood and it. It's like The End of the Fucking World or... No, that's not hmm. it. But uh, it's really good, too. He wrote and directed that, so if you dig, like, his like, adaption style, or just oh, the stuff cool. he's written. Because him and Jeremy Solner usually work together on scripts and stuff. Um, so, uh, stars Jeffrey Wright. Ka- uh, what is her name? Riley Coe. Is that her name? I think so. She's the girl in it. Cute. And, and uh, Alex- Alexander Skarsgård. These guys just yeah. making the rounds. So, Skarsgård Brothers getting all that money. That <laughs> motherfucker um, right there. So, what we generally do here on Superhouse Podcast Reviews is general thoughts. So, Andrew... Give me the general right. thoughts.
2: I I pretty much liked it. I didn't love it though. Just because I felt like the the way it ended, man, it's just a little bit it's like kind of underwhelming uh, and I I felt some things were confusing like after like sitting with it for a bit, I kind of felt like I understood a little bit more of it like but right after I saw it, I was like pretty confused. And I don't I'm, I don't know why I just had a few questions about like so just they're they're they're. There's a theory that they're brother and sister, oh, they right? Are. Okay, so they are. And then, so who was the who's the dude that the old white dude that gives them the that has the mask there that he takes?
1: He is. They call him. He's like he uh, Alexander Skarsgård character. Vernon says, "Where's the Indian killer?" So I assume he is some sort of not good person that's why his life gets ended he seems like a
2: guy that would be like what you buying you know like yeah. he seems I mean, like that kind of
1: <laughs> I mean he has more of a backstory in the book and there's more of a conversation about like uh, Vernon's character in the book can't remember why he went to this certain place with his dad and how he remembers and there's a lot more to that but I'm not going to get into the book a lot just like I can clarify some things. I just don't want to do like a fucking book review and a movie review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's a little more fleshed out. But I thought it was necessary because that's where he gets his wolf mask from. And like that releasing your like the wolf inside you, which is just basically like, you know, just letting yourself go and just becoming the maelstrom that you could become. Hell yeah. Um, oh. So I I like that they added that. I don't think it's super necessary. Like I don't it was a weird thing in the book and it's a weird thing in the movie and you just kind of gotta keep reading and keep watching and get past it and just be I just always chalked it up to it's part of this culture of living in Alaska and things are fucking weird out there dude like it's not the same as living in a city so this dude makes wolf masks he like trades shit he helped you know he gave her a pair of boots he helped her get on her way even though he probably knew that she killed her son Mm -hmm. so the guy's just kind of like he is that. <laughs> what are you? What are you selling? What are you buying? Guy? Yeah, he's buying. just like he's there to do whatever it needs to be done. Yeah.
2: So she she kills her son
1: mm-hmm.
2: in order to get him
1: back. I this no because he's coming back because of the bullet wound. She has right. no idea what's happening with him. Right. So Jeffrey Rush at a point, or Jeffrey Wright at a point, says it's called savaging when he sees the wolf feeding the baby the little yeah. baby cub in the scene mm-hmm. and that's basically what's happening she's had he this goes, huge like mental he goes, it's not, collapse
0: yeah. he goes it's not uncommon or something like that when he's talking about it it's not uncommon with wolves or whatever yeah as being like a metaphorical parallel to her it's like the mental illness of like like uh mothers killing their children and shit like that's also not very uncommon with humans but anyway
1: but yeah, I think it's just like she couldn't deal with her husband being away and carrying the burden, or her brother, of. right? Yeah, okay. yeah, because they're not married. There's nothing. She doesn't have a ring on. They've just always lived together, and I think it's just easier to call yeah. them husband and wife. And she but, oh, so they're, they're not, not brother married. and sister. They are brother and sister.
0: Then they're not married, so it's incestuous. but it's subtle, yes, yeah, and it's yeah, subtly, yeah, because yeah. she says she says I've he's I've known him all my life. Like there's yeah. not a memory I have that he's not in. Yeah, so. It's a good. It's a nice, subtle like.
1: Uh, you know. And there's and so, also little nods to like the old man who gives who he gets his wolf mask from is like, he says they look really similar and they have the same hair and same eyes. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah. at uh, that point, yeah. like it's, you're like, oh shit. They brother so, and sister, and the um, they're
2: releasing I, their wolf nature. Yep. Which is just essentially means just becoming a rampant killer and just killing everybody around them. Well,
0: and then there's also the the natives' theory about them that their their bloodline is like cursed by this wolf yeah. spirit. Did you watch the movie Bush? I did, but this th- <laughs> this kind of shit is just so hard for me to follow for some reason. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's yeah, also- there's some oh. kind of like spooky leanings going on there you know it's like what do you want to believe you know it's obviously mental illness and like the pragmatic sense but then all the natives are like telling Jeffrey Wright like you're in the wrong place you need to get out of here there's yeah. shit here you're not you have no idea about and we're just on the edge of barely keeping it contained, kind of. Thing.
2: Yeah, so like the Native American woman, the Inuit woman, it seems like she knows that that woman is evil. But are we giving? An, is was there any information that she was like? Why does she
0: think that?
1: Well, I think just because
2: she can sense the wolf spirit
0: in her. She well, says I think that. It's just because yeah.
1: they're inbred and it's like unnatural.
0: Yeah, yeah. and she says oh. that that girl knows knows true evil or something like that. So there's just yeah, there's something about it. And obviously, when you first meet her she's like she's like catatonic she's like out of it so whatever mental illness uh, i.e quote unquote demons that she's possessed by are very evident in certain ways to the natives and other ways to like the cops for instance who are just like you know running this like your your first 48 kind of deal
2: okay and i only have one more question and then I think I'm done, but the, sorry, it's just, I have a hard time with these movies yeah, for some reason, no, it's like this that's and Hereditary, it just gets, it's hard for me to follow. So at the end, they, they pretty much accomplish their goal of just being together and then they can run off and into the wilderness with each
1: other or like, is that pretty much what you're supposed to gather? So, yeah, I mean, that's what happens. So like Vernon is there to kill her. I mean, like when he throws her up against the cave wall and is like choking her out he's gonna kill her in the book he's just like he's trying to but he can't because he loves her Mm -hmm. and he realizes so it's wolf nature
2: versus human love nature yeah i mean it's
1: just like as much of like because i mean i think there's a scene where after he gets shot in the neck in the book i'm not super for sure but i think he kills off some of the people who were shooting at his troops like he holds like his neck and just like takes out like a couple of guys before he passes Uh out so like vernon's a badass yeah you know like he's just like a no bullshit kind of guy like he has his the way he does the way he lives his life and if you're in the way of it like when he kills those cops he's like I'm burying my son I'm not allowed to but I'm fucking doing it yeah Yeah. you know because he's on the run the entire rest of that movie
2: I had one more question sorry just thought of this so he finds the body of the sun, puts it into the box, and then it seems like he's already into uh, the local religion there with the blood put on the box and all that. So is he trying to bring the sun back alive via this ritual? No. Like, what yeah. exactly
0: is that? It was burial rites. It was uh, It was like they're the natives, because he was he, Vernon was really tight with also that one Native American guy and the other... Chia. Gian yeah and uh they seem that they seem to be part of that same line of culture where you know your burial rites you're burying your blood, you know you're you're writing your name in whatever language it is or his name or something, and just it's a ritual, you know, okay, so it is just basically a funeral of sorts yeah yeah putting the putting the boy to rest because all this time he's been stashed away in some house,
2: and the father should do that and or somebody blood related should do that in their in that tradition yeah. and more she, than likely, you
0: know, yeah yeah
2: okay I d- thought that was going to be more supernatural the whole time I was watching it and <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing ever nothing much ever happened with that which is not a big deal I just just didn't like that's this that's another thing this movie does is that it's really like goes against not goes against a lot of it takes a lot of turns you don't expect and people yeah. died unexpected times yeah and shit like that so that was really good and final comment the uh that that shootout scene was fucking awesome yeah i love that Nuts.
1: Nuts. yeah
2: i I fucking love that scene all right i'm done
1: (laughs) stefan your general thoughts um or whatever yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. sorry Sorry. i hijacked that shit i uh
0: no i really enjoyed it the cast was great i love the locales the nature was beautiful Um, uh, I read like some of the blurb, but really not too much kind of went in fresh. I saw that there was wolves in it. I'm like, I'm in, um, and then, you know, uh, Uh, (laughs) so Alexander Skarsgård is just amazing. He's just such an amazing person to watch act. And this character was like, I feel like there could have been a little bit more dimension to the way that he was represented in this. Um, somehow maybe just, uh, to, uh, Vernon.
1: Yeah he's i would just say in the book he's played uh just real quick comparison to Mm -hmm. book to movie it's Mm -hmm. a great it's a great adaptation like it's he's played that way there is more backstory of like with him and his father that explains a little more but i don't really think you needed to do much flashback in this movie i think you would have just ended up being more lost and i think like the journey is better without some of the flashbacky stuff that you vernon goes through but
0: yeah for sure I think the only flashback that you needed was when he's there talking with his kid Yeah, and even though I don't like the kids delivery on the line like don't lie or whatever it's like it's it's interesting because you know you're talking about Vernon being this like no bullshit type of person like his progeny is also the same way it's like don't fucking yeah. bullshit me about this he's like I'm gonna get a gun and kill people as soon as I can too dad it's just in our blood you know which also lends even further to that idea of them being like this this wolf um you know in the inuit's eyes this wolf demon spirit but also something genetic or some kind of like mental illness that runs through there uh, or just like a threat of violence that just never died off from the old west in such a place so remote you know what i mean mm-hmm. so there's still like this like kind of like outlaw nature to the way they because they fucking fuck those cops up man they do not yeah. give a fuck so it's like true outlaw shit you know um yeah. And uh, Jeffrey Wright, amazing as usual, really, really just an awesome actor. The whole time he was out there in the wilderness with, you know, the hat and uh, the jacket and the boots on and everything, I was just like, this motherfucker was Basquiat, you know, like this motherfucker's on on Westworld and and, uh, what other movies was he in? Ride with the Devil. And, you know, he's just such a badass actor, versatile character actor. Love him. This was such a good role for him. And I like how he was like a badass during that shootout. He was hiding just as much as the other kid, but the the other kid when he got shot up and stuff, and then he felt like he needed to help, uh, but he he's a bit more of a strategist, I guess, or is familiar with being in tense situations, in like hunter mode, tracing wolves and stuff. So, um, yeah, that whole scene was just unreal fucking <laughs> brutality, but just so beautiful in a way too, just like unending and well made i just love this guy's movie so much and what else could i say uh uh yeah it was i love the i love the the introduction and then the stark contrast into the desert and you get that (laughs) little bit of him at war and stuff and then he's going home and to see how this person who it's perfectly acceptable to be a mass murdering psychopath because that's your job and then when you get back to the world it really shows how um, you know, maybe there's a small undercurrent thematically of you know soldiers coming back and still needing, you know, to, to, to kill or be violent or whatever, um, and uh, and it's like on so many levels it has all these different layers. You know, somewhat of a horror film, great crime film, a thriller. It dances on being supernatural, and it's you know it's the cops and stuff. Their investigation of it is really great to follow. This guy's making the best Coen Brothers movies. Uh, right now, <laughs> you know, uh, the Coen Brothers have that good one that that one that looks pretty fun coming out. But at this point, their shit is kind of like a caricature, <laughs> it seems yeah. like. But that's a whole other discussion. Um, Jeremy Solner, Hold the Dark. I really enjoyed it. It was really meaty. It was weird. It was kind of scary. And
1: I, I I will take more of this, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stefan basically said it. Um, yeah, I will. I ended up seeing that this was his new movie and then that it was based on a novel so and i was like sick i want to read this before i see it which i don't know if it's always a good idea but i can't not do it (laughs) because i'm just like oh i want to know like just to see how well it is adapted and stuff and like after like kind of reading the synopsis of it i'm like oh this kind of sounds up my alley like these wolves kill children in this town that's all i need to know about yeah Let's let's read this book um I was very surprised when like the casting came out that jeffrey wright was the main character because he's a white dude in the book so that was pretty <laughs> sick um, that's and cool I think, yeah I, and i think uh he encapsulates that character just as what like the way it was written um it's like when i watched when i was watching him deliver the lines that i read i was like jeffrey how did you know how i read this how are you this good <laughs> um, but um yeah i loved him i dude it was just like the only thing you can want from an adaptation is to be truthful to the source material and jeremy Saulnier, making blair that team of dudes who won me over with a movie called blue ruin which is fucking yeah. sick if you guys haven't seen it watch it it stars making blair if you want to know who th- that i'm talking about is he's the guy that after vernon gets shot by the old woman he's the dude that fixes him up and then he gets stabbed in the head yep. with a screwdriver oh hammer. yeah <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah that guy's great um, yeah, great scene. I thought he was going to get in a little tussle with him. I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, it's going to be short-lived. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I loved yeah. it. I, I definitely think Jeremy Solner is making some great fucking like hard R movies. Mm. But that that have a story to tell. It's not he's not putting gore in it for gore sake. It's just like yeah. this is what happens when you get shot in the face. This is what happens when you stab a guy a bunch of times for raping someone. You mm. know, it's just like there's blood everywhere.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and uh, I I like that he doesn't shy away from like he just goes for it. And I was kind of before he started this. I feel like in all of his movies, there's always one scene where you're like, you can you can cut away now. Oh no, we're still going. Okay. Um but uh like uh Green Room came to mind when they like Anton Yelchin's arm gets cut up mm-hmm. um you know yeah. just like there's oh. always that scene where you're like oh my god pull away like he's really good at setting up that tension uh he's the really shootout good, yeah. that Andrew was talking about like that's like when I read it and then when I saw it I was like god damn it you guys were just like fucking on like you read that book you knew what was happening wow. like it's kind of set up the exact same way uh, it, it's a little longer in the book and a lot more happens and I don't think he takes out as many dudes as fast, but to like kind of get you, because I feel like the movie at some point dips in these kind of slow moments but it's really good because the stuff that gets you right back into it is this like ultraviolet, intense, it's like, yeah. st- intense stuff. And that was like a great scene to be like, oh, are you dozing a little bit? I just shot a guy's <laughs> jaw off with a fucking high caliber <laughs> caliber machine, like I don't know what the fuck yeah. that thing's called. Yeah, that's how much I know about guns, people. Um, well, that thing you're, was you're ridiculous. High
2: caliber machine. It's armor armor piercing too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But and I love how realistic it looked. I mean, that's how I would imagine if armor piercing rounds were hitting your body. Ugh, man, it would look was scary um, but um yeah i i loved it i thought it was really good i think i think a thing when you read a novel and then you go watch the movie is like you have these high expectations i think they were met but you can never like kind of get over like as you're like flipping pages you know uh to get to the next moment um i don't think you can really capture that in film but i think it's a great movie uh i definitely like you got to see this movie dude this guy is going to be he's going to get a franchise and then everybody's going to go wait who yeah. the fuck where did this guy come from and we're all here at super house gonna be like we've been there day one maddie <laughs> yeah. calls about it fucking in like i would love to see this guy get like uh, uh yeah i, I don't know i mean what? i don't even know what he should get but if i you know like something cool needs something to dark something yeah i mean needy. i think he'd make a fucking cool constantine Movie that'd be
0: uh, cool. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, he'd make uh, a great hundred bullets.
1: Yeah, I've never read that, but I'm gonna uh, disagree with Stefan. <laughs> I'm sure. yeah, yeah. gonna go there's with a, what you just said. There's a
0: lot of there's a lot of his kind of uh, uh, like thematic elements are very similar. Uh, like the reasons why people kill and stuff are a little bit more ambiguous than just some kind of like um, you know some kind of like easily dude give this guy the
1: first r-rated star wars movie
0: Come on. <laughs> boba fett
1: boba fett that yeah. i think he'd be sick at boba fett dude
0: yeah he would
1: but you know i mean I, I hope he like before he gets like caught into that big hollywood will makes a uh, several more movies they're just as good as blue room green room Whole of the dark even murder yeah. party i'd love to see him make another murder party like movie which yeah. people were wondering it's more of a comedy but a dark comedy but definitely good for the it's halloween good. season
0: yeah, it's a fun little super low-budget movie. And he already exhibits how good of a director he is in the, that, first, that first outing. Yeah, And it's right. a good commentary against like uh, pretentious hipsters. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: actually had a question from a friend because I was talking about this movie, and I should have said this earlier, but <coughs> also a listener. He does listen sometimes. Uh, sometimes. So I'm not here answering. Here we go. <laughs> um, he's definitely listened before and so here it is um, question from a listener do you think it was a curse on that place making him evil because he was heroic overseas hmm. take it away Maddie
1: for Vernon being heroic over there Well, uh, he, he for, thought he
2: was heroic I mean saved a girl from being raped I guess I don't know she I got think raped.
1: Vernon sees I I think he see he definitely sees the world through his own eyes and what he thinks is wrong and right. And I'm not saying that what what his uh, companion was doing to that woman is completely wrong in all cases. Um, I just I don't really see Vernon as heroic. I just see him as someone who's good at killing, knows how to do it. And I've also read the book, so I get a little more insight to Vernon. And he is kind of just like. He's not like a deep thinker about a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, so we're supposed to hit that convoy of people in that car. Well, I'm on this 50 cal or whatever. I'm fucking shooting them. You know, like he's just doing a job. Yeah. Like he took the job because in the book, his family can't like they're losing money. So he took the job. He became a Marine to make money for his family. He didn't do it because he's like, this is the right thing. I mean, at any point, do you think Vernon is the person who does the right thing? He does what he wants to do and what's best for the people he loves.
2: Well, for me, too, he didn't seem totally heroic because he could have just gotten that dude off the girl and pointed his gun at him. like, get the fuck out of here. You know, he it he just straight, he straight up murders this dude. And look, of course, this dude's raping a woman. Not good. But this guy straight up murders a fucking squad member or whatever the fuck you would call it. He didn't
1: murder him. He hands the girl the knife to finish the job.
2: Yeah. But he I mean, stabs that dude several times, right? Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But He's way left
2: he, for dead. I mean, that's a lot of blood. I don't know. I have to see it again to get the anatomy what's happened there. But it seemed like that guy was going to die before. The way I read that scene was that, that guy was going to die even before he gave the knife to her.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm sure he would have bled out, but I'm sure she made it more made it quicker or longer. it was poetic
0: <laughs> it was a good scene you know it had a lot of meaning behind it him giving her the knife and showing just this beautiful woman become just as like ugly and violent as he is as his friend is and stuff to be able to survive out there you know it's like there's so much in that action in that act, you know,
1: I mean, but I think, don't, but think I about in a real world Vern, context
0: though. I mean, that
2: guy is not walking out of any court. Uh, if he, you know, other events aside, like if they just re- reviewed that little case, yeah. like I just seem like, morally ethically lawfully like that's uh, he took it a bit too far cuz he had a gun on him <laughs> he could have just like yeah
1: he well, he gone was, that would have been that would have been, been I think an insanely the thing is, is he wants not, to he wants to give the girl the ju- like the satisfaction or the revenge or whatever, right? It is to what take she out deserves, she gets to decide. What it has nothing to do with Vernon. Yeah. and he just levels the playing well, field for her. No,
0: I would say it, it reflects a lot of the way, like what you were saying, the way he sees the world. You know, he gives her the decision what she's gonna do with it. You know. Yeah. In that way, to be like, what do you think is
1: right or wrong? See, I read, this but I still
2: read this a bit differently because he doesn't just stab him once; he stabs him like,
0: yeah, they're not fucking saying like that. five they're, they're times. dude,
1: that a fucking marine, and that's yeah. just a girl. We don't know what her background is. And he made no, he leveled yeah. the playing field for her. To I get guess her that's remiss. what it is. And nothing, I don't
0: know. nothing about what he's doing is heroic necessarily. And I think they're trying to paint that picture too of these like military occupations and conflicts that are going on. And um, if he. But yeah, he's just a stone cold killer, man. And he fucking, that's how he uh, disabled the guy. He probably was about to kill him the way he was stabbing him. But then he thought, that's what makes it so good, dramatic. You can tell their gears are turning in Vernon's head. And then he turns the knife and gives it to her rather than finish the job, you know?
2: Like putting putting the power in her hand, literally
0: putting the power in her hand
2: like whenever he's in the convoy and he shoots and the other guy's like taking selfies and and like having a good old time he's just like stone faced yeah, like kind of not into it so it kind of seemed to me in that scene before you get to the rape scene it kind of felt like they were trying to show him as more of a like he definitely does not like war and this is not fun for him he's just doing it you know Mm. and maybe he's good at it but he doesn't necessarily love it but then yeah. we get to a, to this thing where he's like straight up stabbing motherfuckers and giving knives to. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like yeah. it showed a little, totally different. Not totally different, but a kind of a different side. Yeah, I mean, in he's two scenes back to
0: back. He's definitely both of those scenes. His introduction and that scene and every other scene he's in paint him as like a monster. You know, yeah. and there's nothing to answer your friend's question. I don't think there's anything that was alluded to or intended to feel as heroic. In any of those scenes. Okay. That'd be my answer.
1: All right. Yeah, I mean, I think even if you did see that scene as heroic and his time overseas Mm -hmm. as heroic, I think that goes out the window when he shoots the two cops for just trying to console (laughs) him about his kid. I mean, yeah. And I think that's like if you had any doubts of his character. Yeah. That sets the straight. Like you're not supposed to like this guy. Yeah. This is not a good guy. You don't want to be friends with him. I mean, I think like Jeffrey Wright's a cool dude, and I'm sure I'd like to talk to him about wolves, his character. But like, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's not like a good father either. <laughs> and, he took
0: the wrong job. He's kind of a lot of Jeremy Solner's main characters are kind of loserish in that way too. You know, like yeah. they make they make not so great decisions that get them embroiled in something. Yeah. Um, and I think the only yeah. character
1: I really liked in the book and in the movie is the sheriff who ends up getting shot through the neck with an yeah. arrow. And he is he a badass great. dude. He shot that dude from pretty far away with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Uh,
2: dude. Yeah, him. the cop Kenny's The cop great. was really likable.
1: And it's like, uh, you know, he just had his, like, he's like 43 and he's having his first kid and there's all that, like, build up. And it's like, when you're turning the pages in the book and he gets shot through the neck, you're like, God damn damn it I knew this was gonna happen but fuck like this Mm. guy that was really
2: unexpected timing for me
0: because I haven't read the book and I was like damn no yeah yeah because yeah
1: it was weird knowing it was coming but also there's always that weird thing in the back of mind where I'm like what if they don't do it what if he lives and then he mm. dies and I'm like like, not as good as the book yeah (laughs) no I I probably would have been like well they changed that but I liked it because he's gonna have a little baby and take his wife on that vacation
2: yeah yeah that was that was what made it sadder right should have seen that coming actually looking back
1: well I mean even Cheon is at that point he's like you're, you're gonna she's gonna get the call like right before he shoots him out the window
2: when that guy is saying you know children are our future and when you have no future there's no point in living god dude that was like some fucking real ass shit that sounds like something that was that if that happened to somebody they would probably say something like that they'd feel like that maybe not go to the fucking watchtower and take a bunch of cops out but like that that dialogue to me really really hit home and not not a lot of not a lot of dialogue does that anymore. I feel like I felt maybe cause I was a kid more impressionable, but I felt like when I was younger, I felt dialogue as deep as that line. I don't mm, know. It's been yeah. a while, but, mm-hmm. it, but like I, I, I was, I very much appreciated that, that whole scene there. Yeah.
0: Very real. Cool. Um, well, I just wanted to say something about like Vernon's character and his motivations and things and the ending, because um, the ending, again, is another moment that seems really poetic, you know, and they, it seems to me so much that, like, Vernon wasn't wasn't just out to, like, just murder everything he could and kill everybody he could. The, he was just killing things that were standing in his way of this, like, mission that I think he had in his head to get the boy, get the girl, kill the girl initially is what I think he was planning to do. But knowing that he couldn't yeah. do it at that point in the cave and then then she still wanted to be there with him. And all the lines about, you know, they've only known each other their whole lives and everything. So seeing all three of them, even the child that died through this whole thing, but we have evidence of the child being so much like his father in that one line. And then seeing all three of them like a painting, like going into the fucking blizzard of snow and seeing these wolves running at him. To me, it seemed like there's an aspect of these characters that believed in this wolf curse because of the influence it had on their lives and the culture they grew up in. And as they were walking in towards those wolves, it seemed to me that Vernon knew, the the girl knew, and potentially the kid, but the kid's dead. He's just part of their blood. But they knew that the only way to break this curse and stop all the death was to take this curse back to the wolves. That's what, like, I saw. And seeing those wolves run at him, and then it just cuts away and, like, you know, kind but, of ambiguously. But why is he trying to kill her at
2: all anyway just because he's trying to be the alpha
0: wolf no I think he was trying to kill her partly because there's that line again like you know about like wolves going eating each other you know that's about the young in the movie or whatever but the idea of wolves eat cannibalizing one another I think there's something about like you know he he was gonna kill her because she she went she went to she did the act of killing the boy And I think as a father, he was angered, you know, in this real world kind of sense. But then when he couldn't do it, they she even knew she she wanted to die. She was, you know, if Jeffrey Wright would have strangled her when she came to snuggle up next to him and killed her and gone with what she was doing, she would have very well been, you know, just as happy to die that way, the way that her son died. Um, And then the way she was expecting to die, I think, by Vernon, and Vernon not being able to do it, it seemed like there was this unspoken agreement between the two to, like, end their lives this specific way and go back to the wolves. All right. That's how I I read it anyway. That was all I wanted to say. I I thought it was fucking fantastic. (laughs) I'm going to go with that.
1: Um, In the book, they just – do you want to know what happens in the book to Vernon and his wife? Yes. Uh, They just, like, survive and live out the rest of their days. Uh, Fuck yeah. you get more of uh, stuff about his father. Like, they oh, would want go hunting sequel. together. And then um, he would, like, out in the wilderness of Alaska, they would make these, like, pits that he would mm-hmm. just store food in. And mm-hmm. they basically just live and, like, build something out in the middle of nowhere so no one can find them. Cool. And they, like, move around for a little bit. A happy like, ending. Like say, I mean, I guess. I mean. Woo-hoo-hoo! I love a happy ending. I did like the way that. They decided to end the movie with that, like, because I like the way you described it, Stefan. I like that more than knowing that they like thank you. That they just like, yeah, because they just live the rest of their days. I mean, in I, this kind of yeah weird fucked up relationship. But I,
0: I thought it was a beautiful film, man.
1: Yeah, like let's do them. Indeeds,
0: Indeeds, indeed, indeed. Sure,
1: Andrew, how many indeeds would you give this? I gotta give it a six
0: point
2: five. Maybe the lowest out of this group. I'm feeling like, but I give. I'd give uh, like green room. I'd give like an eight point five. This six point five. I don't know. It was it was good. Like great. Some really great scenes, but ultimately, yeah, just not something that's gonna stick with me for a long time. I guess. So yeah.
1: Uh, Stefan?
0: I'm going to give this whole Hold the Dark movie, uh, I want to say a solid 7 on this one. And I know that just seems like just only above Andrew's, but I think Andrew enjoyed it enough. And for me, I think the 7, well, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go 7.5, my bad. I'm going to say 7.5 here because I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really solid flick. At times it gets a little slow. Um, But like Maddie was saying, it wakes you up, and I do feel like I'd watch it again. I just want to be kind of conservative with my ratings, but I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I love this director, 7.5.
1: Nice. Uh, I watched it twice. Um, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, I watched it once, and then I put it on again because I was just like... I'm just going to put this on. While I, I want to see the shootout work. scene again. Yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> I feel like it's weird taking in a movie you've read the book too. I just, it's a different kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure I was like fully on board, board with the way I felt about it the first time, but I didn't really need to like reading the book, then watching it and then like paying attention to it. And then the second time when I would just kind of like look up from time to time while I was working on something, um, I feel like I got the, I got it all. Maddie got it. He took it all in. <laughs> um i how i I will say that i enjoy blue ruin more if i did put them in order of what you should watch um but they're a lot harder to find oh i murder party is on netflix so if you want to watch something before you go into hold the dark or after just to get a feel for him hold the dark and murder party are on netflix now but uh blue ruin really blew me away i put green room number two because i fucking love punk rock uh, number three, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would do Hold the Dark. And then number four, I would do Murder Party. Um, and that's not any, like, I just think out of those three films, murder like out of those four films, Murder Party is probably the lesser one, less budget. You know, some of the acting's good. Some of it's not so good. Some of it's overacting, kind of leads itself to it. But I really think the filmmaker like when he made blue ruin that's like the film that he wants to make and i feel like murder party was kind of just a fun idea some of his friends had and they're like well let's just make it a movie i'll throw money at that and it's like oh, okay i guess i'll direct it kind of thing you know um mm-hmm. but um yeah man i would give it i think i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten in deeds um yeah i really enjoyed the experience <laughs> i liked the book a lot i thought it was a really great adaptation um I think everyone's performance in it is solid. I will agree. And I've read other reviews where it does get slow. And some people don't think it needs to be like a two hour because I think it's like two hours and nine minutes or something Um, doesn't need to be that long. And I'm sure they could have trimmed some stuff down. But I definitely think like some of those shots of just the Alaska wilderness that he might have focused on just a minute too long. It's like it's kind of worth that journey, man. Like there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of movies shot out there. You know, I love that those yeah.
2: and the and the like the little Cessna scene too. I I, yeah. I love that shit. Any kind of
0: shots like that. The nature great. was amazing. The locales are yeah. fucking beautiful.
1: And I love the idea of just like they actually instead of just having Vernon come home and tell you that he was in Iraq or wherever, they did that stark contrast of like here's mm-hmm. white to like yeah. the blazing hot like the cold cold to the blazing hot sun and it's yeah you know this the, i think it says a lot for the character that he looks comfortable in both places kind of just gives you more about like who he is if, like i can adapt to anything if it's what i have to do to survive and get back to people i care about you know in his weird fucked up sort of way of how he cares about people he doesn't seem like he's the most affectionate guy no he probably doesn't want to be little or big spoon I want to sleep on my <laughs> side of the bed. <laughs> A I'm sleep. Big spoon. i sleeping forgot about for that. sleep's sake. Because I need it. Um.
2: Jeffrey Wright was was um, he's always amazing. Yeah, I like watching him in any movie. Hell yeah, any show.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, he's amazing in it, and I just thought it was like I just I was like, oh, so you know, the main character that you like follow into this world is. You know, oh, cool! It's a black guy. That's cool. You don't really see that. It's usually like a white guy that's hunting down stuff. And then when I read the book, I was like, it was a white guy. Your genius, Jeremy Solander You just chose an actor because he's fucking good for the role, not because yeah. he matched the book or whatever. So perhaps he just had the best audition. Hmm. Yeah, that's what they <laughs> say. Anyway, they <laughs> um, got that Netflix money, but <laughs> but um, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think everyone should be like watching it. If you're just like, there's nothing on Netflix. Yeah. it's called Hold the Dark. Fucking watch it.
0: It's good shit, baby. I
1: do.
2: I agree as well. We should be doing more of these, uh, cool. like Netflix hidden gems. So uh, maybe we, we'll yeah. start. We're gonna like implement this more and more. And uh, you guys listening out there, please drop us a line on any one of our social medias out there and try to fucking, you know, tell us what you want us to watch and then we'll watch it and review it, you know?
1: Yeah. What hidden gems
2: need more uh, exposure and shit, you know what I'm saying?
1: Speaking of hidden gems... Oh shit, Segue. So I did something a couple episodes back where I just... uh, chose some movies that I like uh, for the the spooky season, the Halloween season, because it's not just one day, people. It's all month long. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah. Um, So my subject today will be werewolf movies. I know there's not a lot of good ones. We're going to do werewolf movies. I know there's not a lot of good ones. There's a lot of really bad ones. Um, And most people just watch The Howling and American Werewolf in London, which those are both classic werewolf movies. If you haven't seen them, watch them. I'm not telling you not to. But if you love them and you don't watch three other movies that I find very cool and up to par with those films, I mean, they're under it, but, you know. Um, so, my number one choice is Bad Moon by Eric Redd. He's the director, and it came out in 1996. It's based off a book called Thor, and it's told from the dog's perspective. The You can get it on Kindle, I think, for like four bucks if you're interested, but it's awesome. And... While the acting is not great in this movie, um, the relationship between how much that German Shepherd hates the guy in that fucking werewolf suit makes the movie all that more believable. Because that dog wants to rip that werewolf apart. Um, so that's why I really like it. Because it's I don't really focus on the human characters. I'm more worried for the dog. And like, um, so I it's one of my favorite werewolf movies. The werewolf costume to it is fantastic. It's I don't think it's ever been done that well. I think the transformation scene isn't that good, but. The whole outfit is just kind of terrifying. Um, Number two, uh, we were talking about Neil Marshall earlier because he's making that new Hellboy movie that looks sick. Just from a poster, people. I've not seen anything else. He made a movie called Dog Soldiers where some uh, British elites get trapped in a wooded area and werewolves are after them because they were soldiers before. So sick. And it's just they have this big fight out in an old farmhouse and it's awesome and you don't know who it's kind of like the thing at points because you don't know who's going to turn into a werewolf because they have been attacked by them when they get to the house so it's like who's going to be who are the werewolves outside it's fucking awesome and they even have machine guns and it doesn't really help them Uh, and then my third pick is late phases it used to be on Netflix I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime now or who great Um, name but it is um it's about a retired like vietnam vet army vet something who is blind now his son drops him off in this like kind of like a community town that like people can look after him while his son has to like work in the big city or whatever just so happens some of the town's folks are fucking werewolves and he's blind which adds a cool dynamic to it but he's also like been living with blindness for a while so he's like kind of a badass with it. Like he knows what's going on. I mean, he's not perfect people. I mean, he blind falls,
2: fury. I mean, when
1: a werewolf's after you, you're going to fall down some steps. Um, yeah, it's basically that with werewolves. Uh, I will say I'm not super stoked on the werewolf design, but it is very interesting. And I think the concept of like this blind man trying to protect this community of older people by himself against like three or four werewolves is a very cool concept. And at no point was I bored daring it.
2: Story good, design bad.
1: I mean, yeah, it's just an interesting design. It's not what I would have done, but it is a cool werewolf movie, and it's kind of misleading because on the front there is, like, a full wolf head. So you're like, oh, shit, I'm getting, like, full-on guy turning into, like, a wolf that walks like a man kind of thing, which is my favorite werewolf design. I'm not a huge fan of the wolf-man design. I mean, I'll take a werewolf movie wherever I can get it. Um but those are my three picks and if you've never seen the ginger snap series which i think within cult circles they're amazing you should watch all three of those even yes. the one that puts them back in time but i figured out a of these of what's
2: the number one i just i like to simplify it real bad like, moon dude bad moon is my favorite right. werewolf movie
1: hands yeah on. all right it does it does everything i need it to do
0: and it ends with the titular song title by clearwater <laughs> yeah. revival so good it does nice
1: that's my uh, off the beaten path horror films, y'all.
0: Nice. Awesome. Hell well, of this a job. was a
2: fucking awesome first edition of Spooky Spooky House. Woo! Yeah, Ooh, this baby. year Ooh. I think this is Superhouse's favorite time of the year and yes. Halloween's not just one day, it's all month, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, chicka, wah, wah. So, yeah. All right, everybody, that was episode 149. One of these days, we're going to stop counting these episodes in all of our episodes, but we still have fun with it. So, yeah, Hell it was yeah. episode 149. Why, why stop? <laughs> why stop, right? Yeah, yeah. I
0: guess it's tradition at this point. Well, this is Superhouse episode 1452, <laughs> and we're old. And we're still deep diving <laughs> in Hasbro. All right. Um,
2: so, but, uh, yeah, so uh, once again, check us out on Patreon, P a t r o nope that's not it p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash superhouse podcast on there you can uh, find a little donations the lowest one is a dollar and um, there's a uh, few other tiers on there for you to check out and then also we're on pretty much also other social media as well Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff YouTube as well and we also have shirts at redbubble.com and tpublic.com that's t-e-e-public.com and we can send you our logo if you want, and you can buy a superhouse hat on capbeast.com at capbeast.com. And I think that's it. I am Thunderwolf lives on Instagram and
0: Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter. And what you got, Stefan? Uh, I got a whole lot of nothing. This is Stefan of the Superhouse Podcast signing off of
1: Superhouse Podcast. This is Maddie signing off. Bye. Spook.
0: See ya. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet
2: that we we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. (laughs) Yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like, if you donate... A dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about, and that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows yeah. how long it'll take? And that's pretty tight.
0: <laughs> that's the coolest thing. <laughs>
1: Wait, we're on the internet. That's pretty good. <laughs> if you and don- we can make money. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> if you donate a thousand dollars, you get full frontal
2: nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. If you give us a grand, who knows what'll happen? Check us out. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs>
0: You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay
1: for everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. For
2: a million, good <laughs>
0: for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a
2: body. Check out our Patreon. Superhouse Gigolo Project 2018.
0: <laughs> Link's in the description. <laughs>